It's Tempo Waffle Time! Okay, welcome to Tempo Waffle. That's Troy and Steve. Okay, so our waffle topic for today Which is, I don't know about. I don't know about the topic, as usual. Well, I think that you should, because that's our topic. Our topic is opinions, Ooh. specifically opinions about teaching. Oh, that was a good lead in there. Okay. <laughs> opinions about teaching. Yeah. And learning. Yep. Okay. And yada yada. Now, um, we've both been teachers and trainers in different countries with and diff- learners and learners in different places with different types of students and different types of trainee teachers and institutions. Yep. Um, now, I'll just add in another thing yeah. every time you say something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I remember when I was starting my doing training. That the this was when the dinosaurs were still around. Yeah, once upon a time, yeah. in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, the thrust of all of my training sessions, the beginning would be the same. I would always begin with a way to convince the trainees that uh, what they're about to learn was correct, and whatever their previously held belief, which was actually an opinion, more often than not. Um, I tried to skirt around saying it was wrong, but sometimes I would have to tackle that head on. So it could be anything. Uh, I'm going to do a workshop on teaching reading, and um, I know that all the teachers in this school have an absolute obsession with having the students come up one by one and stand at the front of the class and, and read a passage. All right, now this, this approach to teacher training is predicated on the fact that you the teachers already have an opinion or a style or an approach. Yes, very okay. much so. Mm. Um, and so I would tackle that first. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I'd do it as a, a why we shouldn't be doing a specific thing or sometimes I'd tackle it as a, um, what uh, what is the whole point of learning to read anyway and so that I could say, so is therefore this... we shouldn't be doing that other thing. Is this your opening gambit? What's the point of reading? Sometimes it'd be, what's the point of reading? Okay. Sometimes it would be, why shouldn't we be doing the thing that we're doing? Whatever. But the teachers held very strong opinions, and sometimes there would be arguments about it. Hmm. And I would have to mediate those arguments or sometimes be the focal point of five very vocal teachers in the room out of the 15 I was training, hmm. firing things at me. And... I prepared to death on how to how to deal with those arguments. I made sure I knew my stuff, and I'd done my research, and I'd done some reading, and and I uh, looked at studies, and 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 okay. But at the end of the day, even though that was quite a pain, I think teachers should have opinions about teaching. That's their job, right? The, the problem you were facing at the time is that you believed that there was a right way and a wrong way and that the opinions of the teacher should be swayed by the presumably but, right p- opinion that you held based uh, on your reading. Yeah, we could look at it that way. I looked at it as, uh, man, I wish they'd stop doing that horribly ineffective thing. And also as... Why can't they just do this thing that's much easier and more effective and enjoyable and yeah. etc. 
um, I, I mean, as an observer or a trainer, you approach a lesson based on your own view of how lessons yes. should run. Yes, or your own opinion. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so back to your question, uh, back to your statement, teachers' opinions are important. Yes. Okay, so let's explore that a little bit. Why? Why? Yeah, why? Why do you say that? Uh, why, why did you assume that that should not be the case, I suppose? Is, is no, no, I, I, I do think it is important uh, that they have an opinion, that they care. I think it shows that they care. Even if their opinion is, is the antithesis of what you'd like them to have an opinion. Yeah. About, or on yeah. Or whatever. And, yeah, I found, I found it, I still find it annoying when I hear an opinion that I completely disagree with, um, and especially when it's... Uh, so, um, oh, I can't believe my students don't know what a past participle is. I asked them for a past <laughs> participle and nobody knew what it was. I mean, how are they supposed to learn if they don't know what a... etc. Okay. And th- when I hear that, I automatically think, oh, come on, man. Okay. That is an irritating thing to hear. Yes. Um, however, I... Uh, I suppose this is a topic I should be able to say a lot on since it was the focus of my PhD. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, beliefs are an absolute necessity for, for driving a classroom. If a teacher has no beliefs, okay. whether they're right or wrong, in, in somebody's opinion, the beliefs that a teacher has um, is the foundation of their their methodology. The It's decisive in, in what dominates their focus of attention somebody uh, who believes that 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 discipline is is yeah. the basis of of good teaching is going to focus their attention on, on classroom management and so on and of course there's two very different sides to the belief uh and i'd like to try to separate them into belief and opinion um so just on the belief side there's what you say you believe um which is sometimes what you think people want to hear or what you've been told is the right thing. Yeah. Uh, and then there's what you actually do, which indicates more what your true belief is or what your true maybe focus or concern is what you execute in the classroom. But then there's the whole other one, the opinion side, which is what I'm more interested in today. No, come on, man. How can that be? Because if we do that, society will crumble, that kind of thing that has no basis in fact. Um, it might have a basis in a thing I read in the newspaper about how young children today uh, can't do their times tables as well as they could 30 years ago. Or a thing that I like to complain about, or etc. etc. The pure opinion, uh, it's not research-based, it's not even classroom-based. It's some external thing you know where I when I was growing up is the beginning of a lot of them uh, um, yeah I mean I, I would argue that opinions are, be- are based to a large extent on, on what you believe um, the question of where your beliefs come from or where your opinions come from is is crucial one of the places where our beliefs start is our own experience of, of classrooms as a student. Yes, very much. Um, so my teachers did this to me, therefore I must do this to my students, which and is called the apprenticeship of observation. Uh, which, unfortunately, 
um, doesn't go for the the teacher I like did this to me, so I'll do it. It was it's just my teachers did this. Well, interestingly, yeah, um, we can have a teacher that we like that we'd like, we like we model ourselves around, but in times of stress. When, when we're under pressure in the classroom, we don't model ourselves on this teacher. We model ourselves on the teacher that we hated. All right, Mr. Smith did this to me. Now, I'm going to do this to you, you yeah. know, you naughty students. You, you know. Okay, so this is, <laughs> that's the part that I think is opinion. But, uh, but I, I know we can't really separate opinion and belief from each other, but I would say if it's purely based on reaction rather than decision or thought, it's opinion if it's reaction-based rather than action-based? Uh, I'd still argue with that because teaching is a... To, to a certain extent, teaching is not uh, something that we do um, consciously. It's, it's a lot of routines. There's lots of subconscious decisions okay. Okay. that we, we make as we go. A lot of it, especially with experienced teachers, is just things that we do. Um, and those things that we do are things that we do because we did them when we started and they worked and yeah. they've become embedded in our... Uh, I don't think that they're necessarily opinions. I think that they're just our experience of what works and what doesn't in for in our classrooms and that becomes entrenched as a, a belief of how things are supposed to be. Uh, but it's more of a... It's like a retroactive thing. Oh, I do this because, but actually it was... I do this... And now I have to justify why I do it. Sure. Beliefs, beliefs, in the literature, beliefs are supposed to drive our teaching practice. But, but teaching reality. practice, yeah, teaching practice certainly has a big effect on, on what we believe. Mm. So okay. It's a cycle. All right. So I'm going to tangent, as I am wont to do. It's not only teachers, though, that have such strong opinions about teaching and learning in classrooms. Sure. Everybody does. It's huge. Um, I the reason why I started this thinking about this topic is there was an article in a newspaper I was I was reading it online and the the headline was uh, for one teacher every student's a winner or something like that and it was an article about a, a primary school teacher uh, who had gone to the effort of making sure that every student in the class gets uh, uh, acknowledged for something mm. and so this student is the best singer in mm. class and this yeah, student, the student is the best that and yeah this is the best student who watches the board and yeah and <laughs> the it was online so you got to see the comments now regardless of of whether you think that's good or, or bad uh, I that's that's actually a I think that's very amusing personally also, it's a, that's a discussion about motivation and discipline mm. and classroom routines and stuff like that. And there's the whole psychology of motivation and yada yada. Mm. And, but the comments, the comments were extreme. One, the first comment was, you know, oh my God, this teacher's a moron. Yeah, okay. I mean, there can be a long discussion here about the, the anonymity that online comments... Sure, um, but I'm more interested in, not in the, the fact that people are so willing to be vitriolic online. We, we know yes. that that's a fact. But I mean, the thing is that, that people do have opinions about education because we've all sat in yes. classes for 12 years of our life and we've all seen good and bad teachers and we've all experienced to some extent the, the damage that a bad teacher can have on, yeah. on us. Um, so yeah, I mean everybody, even non-educators, believe that they know a lot about, about Nobody teaching. believes that they know a lot about 
um, oncology because yep. none of us have been around oncologists a lot, but we've all been around teachers, teachers. during our formative years. As, as, yeah. as, uh, and so the opinions that uh, held outside of the, the sphere of education are just as strong or perhaps even stronger in some cases yeah, sure. than the opinions within. Yeah. Um, a lot of the good teachers I know are good because they're very willing to go, huh, really? Oh, wow, I've never thought of it that way. Or You mean that the more experienced or the more knowledgeable we can, we, the more open-minded we are to alternatives? Yes, and I know that there's the, the known unknowns and the... Yeah. Ca- um, uh, uh, th- what, what I want to add in here is the... Uh, you were saying there about a good teacher. This this concept of a good teacher and this this problem about beliefs and opinions is exactly why the concept of a good teacher is so problematic. Because yeah. good to who and in what context and when and good for a parent. The the term of good parent a good a good teacher from a parent's perspective might be the antithesis of what a good teacher means for a, from a student's perspective. Or um, for the school, or for, or for the, the staff room, or right. for the... Yeah. All right, so I walk into a school and I say, wow, that's a really good teacher. And then the director of the school comes and says, can you fire him? He's, he's, he's causing problems. And um, the fact that I'm labelling him as good based on a theoretical foundation of what effective teaching is, is irrelevant from the, t- from the director's perspective that he doesn't fit into a mould of... of um, okay, goodness. so... <coughs> We can say that the, the director, at least, is within the, the field of education. Yeah. Um, yes, they're coming at it from a different angle. Their job is to appease the parents and to make sure that their, their school continues to have high enrollment and the, the students don't run away screaming and the parents don't complain, and etc. Well, and there's cultural issues as well. Um, what, what's good in a Chinese cultural environment might be very different from a, a Brazilian classroom yeah. environment, teaching, classroom, school environment. Um, so the director's entrenched in an in a culture, as a as a as a global educator, which is I think what we are. Um, we move between cultures and we carry some of our cultural baggage with us, but we pick up new cultural baggage as we go. So, live, having lived in Cambodia, we understand what good means in a cultural context. Yeah, cult, a, a post-war cultural context, for example. Um, <coughs> okay, so. Sorry, that How? was a tangent, wasn't it? Yes, <laughs> tangentialized tangent. Yeah. Okay, uh, so the uh, the opinion thing. If everybody has an opinion, mm. such a strong opinion, about teaching, uh, how much are we supposed to try to, as I used to do in training, go in and try to change the opinion or justify my own opinion, perhaps, or how much are we supposed to ignore it? Um, because I've found myself, th- I've found that I've moved. I've moved from, I will convince you, or I will uh, prove to you that I'm right, in, uh, or I will prove to you that you're wrong, to, uh, I will ignore you instead. I will ignore it. As long as you do the things that are effective, and you don't do the things that are ineffective. But even even defining effective and ineffective in the classroom is problematic because we've got the problem that it's effective for some students and ineffective for I, others. I think, I think I can simplify it. Are the students learning? Uh, is, it a use of, is it a useful waste of classroom time is what you're... Um, whether it's a useful waste of time or, or a useless... A useless but you know, theoretically very sound. Use that's to me. 
It, it's about what's happening in the room. Uh, other students using English. I'm an English teacher. My job is to teach them English. Are they all in there using some English? Are they learning something new? Are they engaged? Even that's problematic, though, because I've taught lessons where I've ended the lesson and thought, what a complete waste of time. Waste of time. I have just... I've just wasted an hour of everybody's life. And a student comes up to me and says, that, that was, was so great. Yeah, that was great. Can we do that again next time? Um, so my opinion, as informed as it might be, um, has to take into consideration other other beliefs about what goes on in the classroom and, and what's happening. Um, is there beneficial learning? No, but the students have just had three hours of very stressful learning time with their Thai teacher, for example. Yeah. Um, she's been a, a, a dis- she's taken a disciplinary approach with her lesson. They've been highly stressed. Um, I've walked in and taken a completely different attack on the on the lesson, and it's been lots of fun. No learning has taken place, but there's been a huge emotional release, which I might not know about. Um, okay, well let's let's try and find something that we can agree on about what a good or a bad classroom is. And uh, so <laughs> let's say it's impossible. No, no, no. I'm going to okay. try and make it as extreme as possible. Okay. Okay, um, the students sit and copy from the board what the teacher writes on the board yeah. for the lesson. Okay, so I had a teacher when I was at high school who used to dictate his lessons to us and we used to... Had to write copy them, them down. down. Yeah. Okay. And but um, we're going to be strict and say it has to be an English language learning classroom. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm trying to make it as extreme as possible so oh, that we can agree. God. It's an English language learning classroom. Uh, and the students sit and copy down what the teacher writes up on the board. Look, good I've or been, bad classroom. I, well, I've been in classrooms where I've sat and observed the teacher and thought, "What in God's name is this teacher doing?" And then ten minutes later, it falls into place, and I see what the teacher was trying to do, and I, I go, "Well, thank goodness I didn't get up and interfere because it actually makes a lot of sense." I wouldn't have done that. I, I would not have done that, and I can't actually see how it all felt into place, but it did. Okay. And and I've got to accept that that teacher's rather strange way of dealing with the lesson material work. has worked. Um, so, I mean, I I have the opinion, if I'm going to take this, that a variety of beliefs in an educational institution is probably a positive thing. Okay. Um, uh, teacher A believes this and does this with the students, and teacher B does a completely different thing, and the students can adapt to that, and, and it's probably beneficial for them because the... The variety of inputs and the way things are happening is probably something that is going to benefit students in different ways. However, when I teach, I have very strong opinions or beliefs about how I should do things. Okay. Based and um, my opinion that other that opinions are beneficial you know, yeah. or, or variety of beliefs are, are acceptable doesn't allow me to just do whatever I like in my classroom. I I follow. And I believe, I actually do believe, that a teacher that doesn't hold beliefs is a wishy-washy... Yeah, um, and going through the motions. You've got to have some convictions about what you do in the classroom. Otherwise, your classroom is is is, is, uh, is not going to be driven in any meaningful way. Okay, let's go back to the guy who's writing on the whiteboard for an hour while okay. the students copy it down in I didn't convince book. you there, hey? Mm, not at all. <laughs> okay. That guy who's writing on the whiteboard for the hour okay. and the students are copying it down... Uh, uh, has and he says 
Well, it's very important that the students must uh, practice their handwriting. Mm. And he's uh, what he's doing, he's writing out a passage from uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And that's what the students have to copy Good down grief. for the hour. You really have chosen a difficult one. Yep. Okay, does he do this in every class, or is this just a one of this class? This only? is the standard. This he is, is the writing teacher, and he's decided that the best way to learn to write is to copy out Charles Dickens. Okay, he needs to be challenged to think about what writing is other than handwriting. Okay, well, here's the question. Yeah. This is the, the crux of it. Do I have to change his opinion, or do I just have to get him to do the right thing? Uh, I, in this case, being the, some theoretical person that's uh, worried about educational quality, is it important to change his opinion, or is it important to change his practice? I don't think you can change people's practice. Well, good question. You could change somebody's practice without changing their beliefs. And the, if it works really well, that change might start... To change their beliefs. To change their beliefs. But a long-term change... In, in in practice, can't happen without some change of beliefs. Okay. Um, uh, this is a question of of um, what constitutes good teacher training or teacher development. And I think that if we're talking about a teacher who's already in class and already is teaching and doing it poorly, yeah, attacking his his approach is probably going to antagonize him and close him down to any suggestion, any further suggestion. Yeah. So you have to. You have to take the lesson from his perspective to start with, anyway. Um, and um, I mean, how you how do you do that? Ask him questions. Look at what his goals are. Uh, yeah. Show him another option. Or co-teach the lesson with him. Or the technique that I now default to is find something we we can agree on, and work from there. Whereas it used to be, either. Show show why what you're saying isn't actually correct or show you why what I'm saying is actually correct. And once we've established this baseline, okay, let's work from there and build a good lesson out of it. I think that's an excellent way of doing it. But you, you even then you have a problem of is he just agreeing with you to... Sure. Um, one needs to find a piece of thing that he's doing that you actually think is, yep. is acceptable and then work from that point. So now... I let, um, I can't say let, but let's say I don't get into the opinion part so much anymore. I go, okay, yeah, sure. Um, so, and I just move on. M- move on. Uh, whereas I used to think that it was very, very important that if you're in the classroom and you're doing something that is ineffective, you need to know why it's ineffective so that you don't do it anymore. Whereas now I go for the... No, you just need to have an effective classroom, regardless of what you think or believe or what your opinion is or what have you. Can I get you to start teaching in a way that's beneficial for the students? And if the answer is yes... But if, if the teacher really believes that what they're doing is beneficial for the students, you, you're walking in tricky territory. There's a, there's a line of attack here called um, appreciative inquiry, appreciative advising. And in appreciative advising, what the, the basis of this is work from people's strengths. Everybody has a strength. What, and whatever their strength is, you work from that strength. This is kind of what you're saying here. The strength is you, are, you care about people or you are focusing, you're very interested in people's handwriting or whatever it is. There's, there's always a strength somewhere. 
taking that strength and building from it raises teachers' confidence and, and self-esteem okay. and allows them to experiment with... Uh, teachers who don't experiment, it can be argued, are teachers who are f- afraid of change or something new or they're afraid to lose control they're afraid of looking like a fool it takes a, a very strong teacher to flop a lesson and be happy with that um, okay. so in an appreciative inquiry approach you say to the teacher okay well look at this thing that you're doing so amazingly well let's expand this thing um, and work from that strength into into the into gray another area. strength yes into okay. other gray areas um, and that's why I say, yes, doing what you're doing there sounds exactly like a great thing. Um, Find something we can agree on and we'll build it from there. Yeah. And hopefully, by default, your opinion ends up being changed anyway. Yeah. Um, in actual fact, any discussion between two teachers, uh, people who are listening to this podcast, just by engaging in this discussion or engaging in a professional discussion lands up changing people in some small way. That small change can have a ripple effect into bigger. And that's why we, we seek out podcasts and discussions and other educated people. And, and why two teachers sit around on a Sunday morning waffling about teaching <laughs> instead of going out for bacon and eggs. <laughs> we'll have bacon and eggs after this. Okay, so I want to, want to finish up by telling you, well, summarizing the comments that uh, came up for this article. Now, so, this is the article of the teacher who praises every single child for their strengths. Uh, yeah, he basically, yeah, he, he gave it, a, he found a, a way to give an award to each student. To you're everybody. the best singer, you're the yeah, best. Okay. okay. All right, so, um, this guy's a joke, uh, is the first one. This guy's a joke. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that this is, this That's is brazenly antagonistic. Yeah, I mean, there's no way this teacher is going to engage in any further discussion with, with this, these people. Yeah. Uh, next one, uh, you're 100% on the right track. Other teachers should follow in your footsteps. Well done, sir. Okay. Uh, the next student, uh, the quote from the article of, I've assessed my students based on their skills, not their academic performance. And the comment is, then you haven't done your damn job. Okay. That's a very strong opinion. Your, your job is not to find out what they're good at. Your job is to assess their academic performance only. Well, I mean, that that person does have a point in that a yeah. teacher's job is to develop ability, not yeah. to praise. But, but, but obviously, that those two people need to sit down and discuss that. Yeah. Because that's a big. Okay. Next one. There has to be some sort of medium between testing them to death and rote learning, uh, and then and rewarding them for who they are. There should be some balance there. That's actually quite a balanced opinion. Uh, <laughs> This person, I actually, my in my opinion, I quite like this comment, okay. even though it's not very meaty. What academic skills are you supposed to be assessing when they're 12 years old? Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a very nice balanced one that isn't opinion-based, it's rather fact-based. All the students have to do mandatory testing at grade 6, regardless of what this teacher's doing. This teacher's just going above and beyond to do something else, mm. which is a fact, rather. Sure, it's opinion, but at least it's based on fact. Okay. Those are some pretty strong and completely polar opinions. Mm. Okay, there are a couple of balanced ones as well, and I only went through the first four there. Mm. But that does say that everybody, regardless of who they are, 
is going to have an opinion about your job if you're a teacher. And as you stated in the beginning, if you're an oncologist, you can get away with being an expert and no, one that, no one's going to challenge you. Mm. But if you're a teacher and you start to talk to anyone, be they teacher or family member or guy at the bus stop, that person's going to have an opinion about your job and tell you if you're right or you're wrong or you're an absolute moron or why the way it was done when they were in school in their country at their period of time is actually the right way and not something else. So you've, um, you've all, if you're all teachers out there, you've picked a horrible profession. Well, in actual fact, if, you, if you're a teacher out there, you probably aren't going to be meeting a lot of people because you're so busy marking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is that too. All right. So um, I hope that was uh, I hope that helped give you an opinion about opinions. Yeah, that was an interesting topic. Thanks. Okay. And thanks for listening, guys. All right. See ya. Tofu Rafa is proudly brought to you by the non-stop waffler Troy and Steve. For any question, comment, com- complain, or queries, you can email Tofu Rafa at gmail.com or visit www.tuffer.com